Subway Final Word. And good evening. I'm Jenna Harner. Welcome to the Subway Final Word, the show that invites you, the fans, into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Later on, I'm going to tell you who is most likely to win the Stanley Cup. And I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> the host on AM 1250 The Answer, 5 p.m. daily, John Steigerwald. Yeah, the Pirates, uh, if they're not tanking, they're really pathetic. If they are tanking, what good is it going to do? And from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. What's up, Jenna? Glad to be back, guys. Let's get to it. <laughs> Let's get right to it. Some of the topics we'll be talking about tonight. Five words on the Montreal loss. Should Mike Tomlin or Mike Sullivan be in the hot seat? Is Derek Shelton the right guy for the Pirates? And college football in the spring? Well, first, the night's big topic. The Penguins looking ahead to a 2020-2021 season that, believe it or not, is just a few months away. If you were the GM, what moves would you make to make the Penguins a Stanley Cup contender again? Mark, we start with you on this one. I'm not sure that's doable, Jenna. Uh I think the Penguins era as a legitimate Stanley Cup contender ended in 2018 when they were eliminated by Washington, but we just didn't figure it out till now. I will say if the Penguins want to affect legitimate change, they can't bring back Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. One of the core three got to go. Any other move you make, even trading Matt Murray or more accurately trading his rights because he's a restricted free agent, those are easy moves to make. Get, getting rid of... Jack Johnson letting Justin Schultz walk, those are easy moves to make. But if you bring back the big three, you're affecting no real change. We both know Crosby ain't going anywhere. It'd be tough to move either Latang or Malkin because they have no movement causes. But if you don't move one of those two, you have the same team back next year, basically. And it's probably a playoff team, but one round and out, just like this year. And just like last year as well. Staggerwald, what say you on this one? Well, um, I think, you know, you, you, when something like this happens, you look at personnel, as my, Mark just did, and ran down some moves you could make. And as Mark said, moving them is going to be really hard, and they're not going to get much in return because of their age. And Crosby's not going anywhere, but the other two guys. But the other thing is, at some point, uh, the, it comes down to coaching, and maybe the general manager makes some tweaks aside from the main guys, aside from the core, but it's about adjusting and not thinking you're the same team you were in 2017 and realizing that you're not as fast as you used to be and the other teams have caught up to you and they're faster than you are and, and it comes down to coaching and figuring out a different system that makes this team uh, a better team and more likely to win. Uh, that, I, I think it's more about adjusting to what you have rather than changing what you have. Those adjustments definitely going to be key as we move into next season. Chris, what say you on this topic? I agree with Mark. I mean, I can't see a way for the Penguins to make all these changes that they need to do around their big three and keep that three and still keep that big three together. If you're going to go into a free agency period and you got to get rid of the guys you, you know you have to get rid of, you're still going to have to make other moves and be aggressive. And part of that, I think, is going to have to involve one of those big three getting, getting left, left off and having to move forward with a new core that's going to in, bring in new talent. And you can't do that with the same with, with the same big three that you're paying the most money to. I think that's going to be a tall order. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be some really tough tough decisions for sure in this offseason. 
tough decisions ahead. Now a reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the key reason for the loss to the Canadians. Neil on Facebook says, I only have one complacency. Nice way to make one word into five, Neil. Sean on Twitter says Jack Johnson and Carrie Price. And Ryan on Twitter has these five words. Sullivan made changes too late. Mark, give us your five words on the key reason for that Penguins loss. Everyone on Twitter is stupid. <laughs> That's actually five <laughs> words for another topic because two out of those three reasons were just insane. Uh, my five words are Detroit, Chicago, Los Angeles Kings. No team stays good forever. The Penguins are going through now what all three of those teams went through after winning multiple Stanley Cups. Sullivan got outcoached. The two stars were impotent. But mostly what happened was inevitable, albeit more dramatic than I ever thought it could be. My God, to lose to the number 24 seed will never be repeated again. And that was something Sullivan said, too, about the window closing. There has been a lot of those conversations on Twitter, pretty much on social media everywhere. John, your thoughts on this? The Canadians came well prepared. Um, Claude Julien is, must be a pretty good coach. He's been around a long time. And sometimes when you have a team that has no business winning playing against a team that has no business losing, uh, and you have a good coach on the underdog team, a really good coach, who has... All, all kinds of time to prepare and focus on only one team that he has to beat with very little pressure on him and he can make all the changes he wants. That gives that team quite a bit of an advantage. That's still not an excuse to lose to them, but I think, I think everybody should give the Canadiens a little bit of credit here. There was another team out there. Montreal pretty much played with house money and hey, look what happens. Yep. They won. Chris, your five words here. Just not enough chemistry around. I mean, in the, in the years that the Penguins were winning, they, even when their top dogs weren't putting, putting in the goals, you saw they had guys that could back them up and make the plays and carry the games that when, when they weren't at their best. That didn't happen this time around. It's like what I said. I think they're going to have to make a lot of moves to back up those top guys, and maybe some of those moves are going to be including losing one of those top guys. And by the way, uh, Claude Giroux did, did not show up on the score sheet for the Flyers yet and they still were able to win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It'll be something interesting to yeah. kind of keep an eye on, too. Again, lots of movement in the offseason. We'll see what happens. Speaking of the offseason, tomorrow, the lottery draft at 6 p.m. The Penguins have a 12.5% chance of getting that number one pick. We'll be talking more pens and throwing in some Steelers. Which coach should be on the hot seat more, Mike Tomlin or Mike Sullivan? From Twitter, I think both Tomlin and Sullivan are good head coaches. All coaches suffer big losses at a time. The panel debates it next on the Subway Final Word. The Subway Final Word. And welcome back to the Subway Final Word. I'm Jenna Harner with Mark Madden, John Steigerwald, and Chris Carter. Our next topic tonight Whose seat should be hotter, Mike Sullivan or Mike Tomlin, both having playoff struggles in particular? Chris, who do you think belongs on the hot seat more? I look at this and I say, you got to be neither. I mean, look at these two, these two coaches. Mike Sullivan won two cups when he came to the, to the Penguins. I know in hockey, there's a culture where you, you're, you're quicker to the trigger on your coaches. But come on, this guy's this guy proven he could win. I'd say you give him time to build around this, this current nucleus and see what they can do with replacing moves and if they got to make big moves. But this, on, on the same front, Mike Tomlin, the guy just went 8-8 eight eight with – 
two of the worst court with the two worst quarterbacks in the NFL in a year where they were supposed to go five, five and five and eleven. I think you absolutely look at these two guys. They haven't lost their teams. They're still pushing forward. I, I don't see any reason to get rid of either coach. From Facebook, Josh says, definitely Mike Sullivan, two early knocks in two straight seasons. The team seemed to be playing without motivation since the NHL comeback. Staggy, your thoughts? Well, keep in mind that, that Mike Tallman has a little bit of a, uh, a pretty decent excuse with, with uh, having played without Ben Roethlisberger. But, uh, and both coaches have benefited from coming to organizations that uh, try to win and do win and that, what, what comes with that is the expectation to win, and that goes for both of them. Uh, and I, you, can't, you can't have, can you have three seasons in a row where you get knocked out on the first round of the playoffs? I don't think you can. Uh, and there are, the expectations are high for the Steelers this year. Everybody's already decided that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have his best year ever because they've seen him throw at practice. There's a little bit more to go on that story before we should uh, believe that. But... Uh, I, I think of the two, if I had to pick one right now, it would be Sullivan. Interesting. The city of champions, obviously, there is a winning pedigree here in Pittsburgh. Mark, your thoughts. Neither one is on the hot seat. Uh, Sullivan is signed through 2024, and the Penguins ain't going to pay him to not coach for an appreciable length of time. As for Tomlin, he's just never going to be fired. Uh, simple as that. Now, in terms of what Sullivan's leash is like, Boy, if I'm Jim Rutherford, I read him the riot act, and I make it very clear that, for example, even though it's the most obvious thing on the world to have a right-handed shot on the left half wall on the power play, Sullivan refused to do it. Now, Mark Recchi, the assistant's in charge of that, but Sullivan has final say. So if I'm Rutherford, I say to Sullivan, listen, I want a right-handed shot there in game one, or you'll be fired between the first and second periods. <laughs> Rutherford gives the coach a lot of leeway. It's time for that leeway to be over. Switching over to baseball, the Pirates dropped to 3-13 on the season. Was Derek Shelton the right choice to manage this team, or is the talent too lacking for the Pirates to win no matter who is leading them? Staggy, we start with you on this one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, how anybody could look at this team and think that the manager has anything to do with it. I know he's been taking a lot of criticism for making some strange decisions here in the first couple of weeks, but it's the Pirates. They stink. They're a really bad team. The last thing anybody should be worrying about is who the manager is right now. That's just a bad, bad team, an embarrassment to the city, an embarrassment to Major League Baseball, and they should all, everybody should be hoping that the, the plug is pulled on the season before they embarrass themselves anymore. Crazy. Manager has nothing to do with it. Crazy to think we're pretty much already 25% of the way through that shortened season. Right. On Twitter, Jim says they would stink with any manager, but many of his moves to date haven't made a lot of sense. Chris, your thoughts? You got to look at this situation. You say, did you really think Derek Shelton was going to turn this team into a winning team this year? Come on. Uh, I, I do. Uh, there, are, there are times I watch the Pirates and I'm like, I don't understand that decision. Uh, and, you know, there's times he leaves pitchers in longer than I than he think he should. And there's times he takes them out when I think he shouldn't. That's all well and dandy. But the, the fact is, we knew this team was going to be bad this year. They did not have the star power. They were going to have problems. This was a given. So I don't understand why people are trying to jump the gun. The, the, the Browns are an organization. You look at them, they get rid of coaches all the time that's not going to be the answer let's see what he does throughout this season and maybe next year and you have to wonder too how much of those decisions is it just the fact that he is a first-year manager mark your thoughts on this well not only did the pirates stink but they've been crippled by injuries 10 guys out right now i believe 
So uh, it really doesn't matter who the manager is. It's just a really bad baseball team. That said, I think Shelton is an amateur. I managed APA baseball, that board game, as a kid more effectively than he does in the major leagues. When I look at a situation, I say, I know for sure that guy should be intentionally walked, and he's not, and it cost them the game. Like I said, amateur. But I will disagree with Stag. I don't want the season canceled. I want to see just how bad these Pirates can be. <laughs> and the under was under 24 games, and now it's looking more and more like a pretty, pretty safe bet. To college football, we go in a precarious position, and there's the possibility that the fall season will be postponed across the board. Now, if that happens, should they try and play in the spring? Mark. Well, I think they will because football drives the bus as far as money's concerned. It'll detract from basketball and the other sports but that's too bad because like I said it's all about money but things won't be better in the spring if they push football back from fall till spring they'll end up canceling it then from Twitter only if spring sports are not canceled to get the missed fall seasons in football is king for the moneymaker but all the other athletes work hard at their sports too <laughs> work hard I'm sorry had to laugh <laughs> they should not be pushed aside staggy um, well, I said here several weeks ago that they should play in the spring, and I said that if Ohio State and Michigan play on uh, the Saturday before Easter, there'll be 105,000 people there for the game, so they will do it if they can, but I don't know why anybody would think because they're going to, because they say they're going to play in the spring, that, it's, that they're going to play in the spring. They've already canceled the Rose Bowl parade, which is in January. How many months away is that? Five? They're not, no, there's no reason to believe that they're going to play in the spring if they don't play now. They should play now, but they're, not, they're, not, they're gutless, and they probably won't. Spring football, Chris, your thoughts? If you're not if you're not going to do it right, just don't do it at all. That's the bottom that's the bottom line here. One, if you do a spring league, then you have to talk to all these athletes who are looking to go to the NFL. Oh, wait a second, the combines in the spring and the draft is in the spring, and then I have to get get ready for a new NFL season with my body beat up from college football. No, I I don't, I don't think that's workable at all. Play now or just call it a year and come back in 2021 pushes that whole schedule up real quick, kind of crunches it all together if that does happen. Well, when we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next on the Subway Final Word. Stick with us. Now, the Subway Final Word. The moment you've been waiting for, time now for the final word. Everyone gets a chance. Chris, we start with you. It seemed like all of Pittsburgh was beaming with joy, and rightfully so, when Ben Roethlisberger said he's ready to win Lombardies, and he emphasized the plural. He's excited to be back. He thinks he has multiple years in front of him. But I want to remind everyone just this. He doesn't have to be great this year. He just has to be good. That's the thing is that people are going to be expecting 5,000 yards and leading the NFL in touchdowns. No. If this offense ranks at 16th or in the middle of the league with the defense they had last year, even if it drops off a little bit, they're a contender and they can beat anybody in the league. Mark, your final word. Before the NHL playoffs started, I predicted that whatever team in the East earned the number one seed via the round robin would win the Stanley Cup. That team is the Philadelphia Flyers. They are going to win the Stanley Cup. Every time there's an upset, the receding in these playoffs gives them an easier opponent every single round. To wit, they play Montreal in the first round proper. The Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup, and that stinks. Commence the cringe from the city of Pittsburgh. John, your final word. 
Uh, stink is the key word here tonight, apparently. Uh, the Pirates do that, and there's been a lot of talk about whether or not they are tanking uh, purposely so that they can get the number one pick, a kid named Kumar Rocker, who's a pitcher who's supposed to be really, really good. Uh, you know what? I, if they want to tank, go ahead, but don't get your hopes up. Because, if, if, first of all, I hope the guy's not represented by Scott Boris, because if he is, he'll never come here. But if this kid is the best pitcher in college baseball in the last 50 years, he's not going to be here long with the Pirates. Just call up uh, uh, Garrett Cole, ask him how he felt about playing for the Pirates. Whoever they get, if they tank, will be here a couple of years, They're gonna end, and then he's going to end up in... New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, maybe Philadelphia or Boston. Forget about it being in Pittsburgh. So tank, but it's not going to do any good. So bark was the final word of a couple weeks ago, and now it's stink, I think, if I'm getting <laughs> that right.